Hello, my darling. <laughs> Race a glass. Wiggle your nose. Offer, Offer up, up a charming, charming toast. toast. I'm Birdie. And I'm Kelly. And we're okay. your witches. You like my Mrs. Doubtfire? Yeah. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I know. I was driving in my car saying that to myself today. I don't know why. <laughs> you got to keep yourself to entertain these days. I was just remembering how cool that movie was as as a kid. Oh, I loved that movie. Robin Williams was amazing. Oh, yeah. There's so many, like, classic things that he's so great in. Damn, I miss him. Yeah, same. What was your favorite movie of his? I mean, probably Mrs. Doubtfire, because, like, he, or... Like he was in Flubber though, and like oh, he was Patch like Adams. Yeah, Patch Adams. Like there's so the many gene. like kid kind of centric movies that I saw him in. Did you ever see Dead Poets Society? No. Oh my god! I you know, and I've heard it? it's so good, but it's like it like it just like missed me. Like it was. That's early '90s. You were a kid, exactly, and, and it's kind of like a more serious movie, but it's so. Right good oh my gosh it's so good oh wow oh wow. I'll watch it's it probably one of my top favorite movies of all time really yeah oh, it's yeah. that good I'll watch it I'll totally watch it what you drinking today I'm having a high noon Ooh, we're both doing cans what's that about yeah girl well I cans was just like stuff. this was in my fridge and I was like low calorie actual vodka like sold let's do it <laughs> Those are not so bad. I'm drinking the um, the Bev sugar free zero sugar California oh. rosé wine. Yeah. Can you even see it, or not is my background? Really. Your back. <laughs> God damn it! Impossible. I can't even. See. You guys, I'm using my work uh, Zoom, and so I have my background on, and it's a bunch of stars and swirls. I was gonna say you look I like you're like those. floating in space. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there with the aliens. Exactly. I've, I've been trying to drink. If I drink wine, it has to be very sugar-free. So today we're sponsoring Bev Wine. I love it. Zero yeah. sugar. Hey, I Bev Wine and High home. Noon, if you want to um, sponsor <laughs> us, we're down. <laughs> Dry and a little fizzy, it says. Mine's gluten-free and 100 calories and no added sugar. I'm down for that. Real fruit juice. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> it's great. I'm not Look at mad us. at it. Look at us being adults drinking healthy wine. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So ridiculous. That's Probably how you know that. you're like in your 30s. <laughs> when you're like insist. Well, Kelly, you're the one that did this to me. You I'm made sorry, me feel but like also it's great, isn't it? Oh my god, I'll never drink regular wine again. It has to be a dry farm wine or this bed wine or some type of low sugar. I feel the same way. Because you don't get hangovers. You Not don't. And it's sugar. like, you don't feel so bad about it. No, I love drinking wine and not feeling bad. In fact, you <laughs> feel double good. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yep. I love it. And I was thinking back to the type of wine I used to drink in my twenties and I was like, don't yeah. be so stuck up. Don't be a stuck up bitch with wine. Why are you such a wine snob? And now I'm like, 
Is it sugar-free? Does it have sulfates in it? It's what so about true. that? Dude, in my 20s, like, I would go to CVS and get, like, go to, like, the shitty, like, they never had, like, good wine, really, at, like, CVS. But, like, yeah. the giant jugs of, like, yes. the barefoot wine. The Rossi wine or oh something. Oh, my God. It was so awful. I would get the one with the Australian, like, with the oh. kangaroo on front. Yeah, I would get that, too like barefoot or something i mean it's all good it's all good but the next morning it's bad oof and to I your mind it's bad now i could literally never even think about drinking it which well, is you know, so funny <laughs> well you know what i know I, I probably wouldn't either unless i was uh, desperate but you know what really got me is when i started getting super fat from it and then i was like never mind i need to cut this shit out oh yeah the, there's I mean, that i want to get drunk but I also want to be sexy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I've been doing also? Uh, I've been putting like a really nice tequila and a Topo Chico and putting some lime juice in it and topping it off with some like, not sale e pepe. What is it called? The Tahini. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought this is going to be some bullshit, bullshit. It's going to taste like a disgusting vodka soda, but tequila. And it wasn't. It was fantastic. Oh my God. It's so good. So you get your Topo Chico, you drink a little bit off the top, make some room. Yeah. Put a shot. I put like some Don Don Julio in there. Nice. And then I put like half a shot of like lime juice or lemon juice. Yes. And then I just sprinkled a little bit of magic Tijuan. Wait. Tijuan. (laughs) (laughs) On the top. And oh my gosh, it was light. It was refreshing. It didn't taste like tequila at all. I laid in my pool. I swam around. I went in circles. Fuck yeah. I became a dolphin. I love that for you. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Sun was shining on my face. I got some vitamin D. Did you know that like the vitamin D in your skin, it like actually what your skin absorbs the like from the sunlight helps break down the disgusting little things around the COVID particle. I did not like, know it helps that. Kill COVID. Wow. So getting 20 minutes of sunlight a day, you're fighting COVID in your body. Hells yeah, I am. Well, that's why I have a dog. I'll walk oh my God. In. My wine glass is so full that my hand is shaking when I pick it up. <laughs> you're actually working out as you drink. <laughs> I got to get my my arm muscles. I better yep. not. You should switch hands though. So you don't have like one Popeye arm. <laughs> <laughs> Popeye. I also got to eat my spinach. Exactly. Maybe. Um, I can't believe that it's almost September, by the way. You, you guys, spooky season is upon us. I can feel it in the air. I'm so excited. And like seasons here in Colorado are going to like change way faster for me than they will for you. So I'm going to be like fully in it. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to be really jealous that the next time we record when it's September and it's 90 degrees here in Orange County and you're like, bird, there's leaves on the trees. And I'm yeah. going to be like, fuck you, Kelly. I'm like, <laughs> it's orange outside and it's 60 degrees. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be so jealous. This is me like every September and October. I'm like, it's fall time. And then I want a big chili and then I'm and like wearing a sweater because it's still 85 degrees and I have to turn on my air conditioner and get all the that it's not exactly fall yet it's like technically after September 22nd it's 
considered fall, but it's not like that in California. <laughs> not in California. They're like, no, bitch, you got two more months of summer. Yeah. It doesn't turn fall till Christmas. <laughs> Literally. And then sometimes you have like an 80 degree Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's true. Sad day. But that might be just one of the only negative things. Maybe that there's like zero seasons. (laughs) Yeah, zero. I like seasons. I've always been a seasons person. I like it in the moment. I need to experience it. Want to walk outside? Smell that air. Ah. Vampires. And like as soon as like you're getting sick of the like one of the seasons, it changes. It's the best. It's amazing. I'm excited. I I don't know how I feel about Melancholy Gimaka is a thing to say yeah. on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. I'm so excited. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. I want it to be, I want to be like in the Swiss Alps. Oh, you want like ski chalet. full Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I want Swiss Alps, ski chalet. I want a toboggan and I want someone to serve me a dirty martini on the slopes. Hells yeah. But you feel this way because you have zero seasons. I mean, I grew up in Oregon. Does that count? I mean, in a sense, yeah. Like, you have, like, more going on there than California, for sure. But, like, if you if you had, like, regular snow, I feel like going to Hawaii for Christmas would be dope. <laughs> Dude, I, that's true. Like, if you grow up in the snow, then yeah. you're like, yeah, Hawaii. Oh, I just got back from Hawaii, by the way, everybody. So cool. How was it? What island did you go to? We went to Honolulu. Oh, nice. I haven't been to that one. Oh, it's great. I like me and John. We, we just, we get a little bit, if it's really sleepy, we can't be there too long. We have to have some fancy dinners, some nightlife. Yeah. And so I just, uh, we went to Honolulu. We stayed like at the Moana Surfrider. We got a fancy view of the whole ocean, bright blue. Mm. Went to some rooftop bars, went to some fancy ass restaurants floated in the ocean. And then we also went to uh, where Jurassic Park was filmed. That's fun. Out in the ocean, saw sea turtles, saw cliffs. Oh my God, it looked like Jurassic Park. It oh was my God. Phenomenal. Oh my God. My life is complete now. That's amazing. I'm so glad. <laughs> oh, wait, that's the wrong theme song. That's Game of Thrones. What's Jurassic Park? <laughs> oh no. I don't know, but I shouldn't sing it either. I can sing right now. <laughs> Whatever. We should do ghost stories. It's what we're good at. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You should start. <laughs> Guys, okay, so we have some interesting stories today. Yeah, we do. From an array of people. All right, so this first story was actually submitted to us a while ago. So it's from someone named Four. Yes, I'm excited. Like the number. Okay. Interesting, huh? Uh, I actually had met Four at a work function, but out at a bar randomly. Months ago, I told him that we had a podcast and that at some point in time, he should send in his story because it was a crazy story. He never told me his real name though. So he said his friends call him four and I think they call him four because he had four good friends who he grew up with and they all went in the military. Oh, that's cool. But, uh, he, he said it was a sad story and he wouldn't tell me the rest. So, Oh, well, thank I mean, you for, I- for sending in your story at least. 
Thank you for, we really do appreciate it. He did ask for our, um, our podcast. He said he was listening and that he Yay. didn't know the story. So here it is. Good. So love four. it. So for, if you ever want to mail in the rest of your stories, we are here for you. Indeed. All right. So from four, it's called the Butler. Mm. I met you at a bar one night in Costa Mesa and you had told me you host a podcast where you talk about ghosts. I had a few stories of my own, and so I really wanted to share my stories so that you could get them on air. I usually am not very talkative about this subject. After all, my nickname, Four, comes from my good friends and my close friends who were with me the night I saw the butler. Ooh. I actually haven't told anyone about this story for years. In fact, I don't think I've ever actually told this story to anyone else. I think the last time I talked about it was the day after we saw him. That must have been at least 15 years ago. What? Yeah. My friends and I grew up in Riverside, California. One night, we all decided to stay at one of my friend's houses just for fun. The house was your regular middle-class single-family home in Riverside. Nothing extravagant. I remember that we stayed up late doing teenage boy shit, playing video games, eating junk food, talking shit, and eventually we fell asleep. We weren't sleeping that long. It must have been three or four in the morning when something woke me up. I heard a noise coming from the hallway. I heard a door open and close, then footsteps. And then a door open again and seconds later, close again and footsteps. Oh, no. (laughs) And yet again, another door opening and closing. And then when I realized the footsteps had gone past our room door, I could sense the weight of someone on the carpet, standing on the carpet outside the room on the other side of the wooden door. At first I thought it was his mom looking for something in the hall closet. And then I thought maybe it was his sister sleepwalking. I began to worry that maybe she had hurt herself. And so I got up to escort her back to her bedroom. I opened the door and stared down the hall and there he was. A man standing there in full-blown butler attire. He had a black tux. He even had the white cloth hanging over his arm. Gray hair slicked back neatly. The moment I walked into the hallway, he paused and looked at me straight in the eyes. He acknowledged me with a slight nod of his head and then turned to resume his regular scheduled programming of opening and closing the doors in the hallway. Oh my God. I know. And he was very, when he was telling me this story the first time around, he was, this was not a cool thing. This was a freaking shocker. So he continues, to be honest, it scared the shit out of me. I knew immediately he didn't belong there. He made my soul jump. And I just have to let, I must have let out a startled noise because my friends woke up and they joined me in the hall and they saw him there with their own eyes too. And we just all stood there in paralyzing fear. I'm not sure what that feeling was, but it was uncomfortable and it was eerie. Oh my God. I noticed that the hallway wasn't my friend's hallway either. It had appeared longer and with many more doors than it had originally that it had earlier that day. Normally the house didn't have that many doors. He seemed caught in his loop. Like, He was going about his normal routine, opening and closing doors as if he had a long laundry list of things that he needed to do that day. 
The next day, we all talked about what we had seen, and sure enough, this wasn't a dream. We had all seen him. We had all heard him, and we all felt that eerie, uncomfortable feeling. We couldn't understand where it came from. The house wasn't the type of house where it would have had a butler, and it wasn't even in an affluent neighborhood. And the neighborhood was never affluent where like a pre-existing house would have been there where oh they my built my friend's God. house on top. Of we think it was just Indian land. It's a mystery to this day. I have more serious stories that I would like to send in sometime, but this one, maybe it's the feeling that I got when I saw him. It really stuck with me. Such an uneasy feeling. Thanks again for. Oh my God. That is so wild like it's a crazy story the fact that he was like caught in this loop and like fifth dimensional like time loop and that the how like that they witnessed like the house structure and hallway being specifically different holy shit like and you know, there's a couple elements from this story I find really interesting. Like, I have heard ghost stories where where they are changes. And I wonder what that's really? about. Yeah, there's this one story I heard where this couple checks into a hotel. Like, both her and her fiancé check into this hotel. It's really great. Um, they stay there. They go look for food. They come back, and it's completely dilapidated. Oh my God. But they saw it and it's like height of glory. What? Yeah. So I've heard of stories where the actual place you are changes temporarily. That's and I've cool. heard that some of those can be stuck on a loop, you know? Like they yeah. just keep going doing what they were doing around the time they died. Well, and it makes sense that that, that it would be a loop like that too, because um because ghosts in general I think because of them being stuck here they're already in some weird transitional like they're not they're not free of this world so like they're already kind of stuck I just I just haven't heard that people like in the places that they're haunting or whatever else that the physical location changes I haven't heard that so that's crazy yeah and like I've given this a lot of thought, like, where the hell did he come from? The house didn't have a butler. It wasn't on fancy land. Yeah. So, I I mean, like, maybe he came from an item in the house. Right. Right. But he's opening and closing doors. It just, it's such an interesting scenario. But he's, like, in this middle-class, normal, single-family home in Riverside nuts that is so nuts I know I thought it was a really crazy story I loved it oh my gosh okay well um my stories today come from reddit and a couple of really cool stories that I got from reddit so um my first story is titled my creepy kid and it's by fire raven 88 nice creepy kid oh so, no oh no yes stories always get me <laughs> okay so this story took place about six years ago we just moved into a home a few doors down from my mother-in-law's she had been diagnosed with cancer so we moved closer to help her 
My husband and I had one child at the time. He was around two or three, three years old. Um, my son always shared a room with us until we moved there. His room was on the far side of the house. We had a baby monitor in his room just in case. And about two weeks after we moved in, uh, my husband left for work at about 8 or 9 p.m. because uh, he worked thirds then, which I, I guess means like graveyard or something. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Our son was asleep and I stayed up watching TV for a little while. All seemed well as I lay in my bed and I listened to the TV hope, uh, hoping for some sleep. As I start to drift, I hear quick footsteps like our son was running to our bedroom door. Mm-hmm. I sit up expecting my son to open the door. I wait and wait and the door never opens. I go and open the door uh, expecting him to be standing there, but he wasn't. (laughs) Okay. I walk down the hallway and don't see him anywhere. I go to the kitchen to get a drink of water before I try to go to sleep again. Thinking this was sleepyhead playing tricks as the house was so silent, I knew uh, my son wasn't awake. I take a drink of water and something catches my eye. No. Okay, sorry. I'll be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) In the darkness and the opposite hallway across from me, I see a little silhouette. I feel a rush and my legs get weak. I call my son's name and ask if he's okay. He stands there perfectly still and silent. As I round the corner (laughs) to go to him, he says, Mommy, the little girl won't stop playing and keeps waking me up. No, nope. My heart skips a beat and I grab him and take him to my room. Needless to say, he slept with mommy for a few nights after that. Oh, damn. Yikes. Oh, something about, do you remember like one of our first episodes of, uh, when Philip sent in that story about the kids in the warehouse? Yeah. Uh, in Wineville, California, where that murder happened? Yeah. Damn, something about creepy kids. It's always I'm like kids. I'm dreading the day when I have a kid and I wake up and they're like standing, staring at me over the bed, just mommy Ugh. in the middle of the night. I, I mean, mean, not I only that, without then... being like covering my eyes because I'm afraid I'll see Bloody Mary in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. And, and not like, only that, but like when your kid sees shit because mm-hmm. they're like open little fresh you know, ethereal beings and like, yeah. And you get the thing like that where it's like, mom, that little girl won't leave me alone. And you're like, what little girl? I don't see shit. Oh my God. <laughs> Is she nice? That's good. Okay. Come with Why mommy. Go watch a movie? <laughs> yeah. We need to burn some sage right now. <laughs> mommy, mommy wants to light some candles. It's wild. I, I, I do not know. Like, I don't know what I would do. I don't know how I would handle that. It's a good story. Thank you, Raven88. Yes. Uh, Fire Raven88. Fire Raven? What a cool name. Yeah. Like it. It reminds me almost like a, of a phoenix bird. Exactly. Well, I mean, my name is Bird, so. <laughs> of course you like it. I love it. Speaking of kids, our next story is submitted by um, Ella, who's nine years old. 
Oh my god! Okay, so creepy Ella kid telling a creepy kid story. <laughs> no, she's she's a ball. She's a baller, man. She said, "Okay, so she actually sent in two stories, but one of the stories I have to have her resubmit okay. because it got long, long story, but she needs to resubmit it. So I'm actually using her second story she submitted. But okay, the first one. Oh my god! Maybe we'll feature it. Maybe I'll get it for next time, but um. I was thinking, oh, how cute. She's nine years old. You know, she's going to say something like, my doll. Some No, I, my mouth was like dropped open. I was like, are you kidding me? This is the craziest, crazy ass story I've ever heard. This okay. is wild. And then, and then the story got lost. Oh my, don't even. So we're going to go with Ella's uh, second story that she submitted. Okay. And um, yeah. <laughs> so here it is. It's called The Pyramids. And it's short, but I actually, she got me thinking. I did some research on what she's talking about, and it's pretty crazy. So Okay, I'm excited. She says, hi, my name is Ella, and I'm nine years old. And I have stories I want to tell you guys. Did you know that there are two pyramids in the Bermuda Triangle that match the ones that are in Peru and Egypt, but they're much, much bigger, and they're made of crystal? The ones that are in Bermuda are underwater. So, okay, let's just unpack this real quick, okay? I love this already. You sent me on a wild spiral of Googling crystal pyramids under the ocean <laughs> and the Bermuda Triangle. And I was up to like two in the morning last night reading endless articles. I was on History Channel. I was like, I have learned a lot. So, so Ella, thank you so much for bringing this to our attention. Yes. We just have to say that this is probably one of our favorite topics. And when I was your age, I actually wanted to be an archaeologist. Me and my sister did. Well, That's cute. I wanted also to be a Disney artist and draw the characters, but my sister kind of gave me the passion of digging in the sand for we used to pretend we were archaeologists. And maybe it was Jurassic Park, too, that got to us. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe. I wanted to be a marine biologist. <laughs> oh, I want to be a marine biologist now, except for I'm terrified of underwater. <laughs> like, I don't even scuba dive, so. No, I couldn't. I literally. But oh when I God. was, like, seven, I was like, yeah, I want to swim with the whales and the dolphins. Oh, yeah. Until they, until, I'm convinced that under ocean is a completely different world, like. Oh, it's a thousand million percent something we won't understand for the longest time. No, and it's endless. I think I get panic attack. I get panic attacks underwater because it's yeah. like you're in a jungle, but of sharks. Yeah, exactly. Like if they want to come on land, like let's do this thing. But like I'm gonna live on the surface of the water. Please don't harm me. I'll be out of your way shortly. And mm -hmm. like you know, let's keep it cool. Yeah. 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 I could tell you lots of stories. All right. So I got thinking about the Bermuda triangle mm -hmm. and, um, I don't know. Do you know anything about the Bermuda triangle? Cause I went on a freaking rampage last night, Googling it. I mean, yeah, I've seen some really cool stuff regarding the Bermuda triangle and like uh, some history channel stuff too, with like planes flying through and like losing connection and mm -hmm. um yeah apparently it's due to like magnetic waves yeah uh, throughout the bermuda triangle so they um actually no i have a couple theories i wrote down here that we can go through yeah let's do but, it but 
But first of all, let's just talk about the pyramids and how they are. Like I was looking at maps of the pyramids throughout the world and Bermuda Triangle being one of them basically. But the, the pyramids of Giza are smack dab exactly in the epicenter of the world. Like if you're looking at a map, it's in the middle. That's crazy. And then when you look at where the other pyramids are located, it's almost like a star going out. It's a pattern. I love that. I know. And so to me, that kind of supports the theory of aliens a bit. Like, Hells yeah. There's pyramids in Mexico and in Peru and in Egypt. And they're, they're kind of like, yeah, they're kind of all over. And now Ella's here suggesting, you know, that there's crystal pyramids under the ocean in Bermuda, which um, a diver, I think not that long ago, said he had discovered but since then it's still considered um they're still trying to prove it at this point but this kind of got me on the topic of bermuda triangle so i went to the history channel and i found this here that says what is the bermuda triangle and basically it's saying it's a source of fascination for sailors researchers and crackpots alike the bermuda (laughs) triangle is roughly 500 thousand square feet miles of expansive Atlantic Ocean located off the coast of Florida. Descriptions of its borders vary, but it m- most accounts cite three points to the triangle, that being Miami, Puerto Rico, and the island of Bermuda. Okay. Reports of bizarre activity in the region date back to the days of Christopher Columbus, who reported unusual compass activity while traveling through it en route to the New World. But the triangle would later earn a reputation as a dead zone for planes, ships, and a string of unexplained disappearances in the 20th century. In 1945, the U.S. Navy aircraft known as Flight 19 got lost and vanished in the triangle during a training mission. While the pilots most likely ran out of fuel and crashed into the sea, no trace of the planes or of their 14 crew members were ever found. Another mysterious dates back to, or another mystery dates back to 1963 when a tanker ship SS Marine Sulphur Queen sank nearly, sank near the Key West, Florida. Life preservers and other items were later discovered drifting in the water, but the exact cause of the disaster remains unknown and the wreck itself never recovered. Writers like Charles Burlitz helped popularize popularized the Bermuda Triangle mystery in the 60s and 70s and its treacherous reputation as it's been chalked up to everything from intergalactic portals and time vortexes to paranormal phenomena and even the lost city of Atlantis. But despite the the hysteria, government organizations and shipping companies don't show the triangle on any official maps. And okay, just like let's stop. So, despite so they the bypass it completely. Government organizations and shipping companies won't show the triangle on any of the maps. And groups ranging from the US Coast Guard and the global insurance outfit of Lloyd's London maintain the region doesn't have any unusually high maritime disasters. So, they're saying that it's normal. Other skeptics note that the triangle sits in an area famous for rogue waters and storm, and they blame disappearances on extreme ocean deaths and the effect of the Gulf Stream, which can combine to quickly erase all evidence of plane crashes and shipwrecks. Uh, 
So then there's like this long list of aircrafts. 1945, 1947, 1948, twice. And then there's C problems in the Bermuda Triangle that date all the way back to 1492 on the night of October 11th when Christopher Columbus and the I don't know how you guys deal with me reading so much when me is switching up <laughs> bullshit like that. But yeah, I mean, I think in a weird way, like it could be all of those things. I mean, it could be. And like the list goes on all the way shipwrecks. Literally, there's like so many shipwrecks listing all the way up to as modern as, oh, in 2020 was the most modern one. And there's literally like a few every decade. That's crazy. I'm like, ships crash that often? Well, fuck that. I'm not going on a boat anymore. And planes crash that often? That was like once every year. Well, when they're flying or going specifically through that route, which makes me assume that like the government and shipping agencies don't list it on there because that's not a route that they would ever consider taking because of what happens there. Well, listen, the most recent, okay, fucking boat crash. When do boats crash anymore? was in 2020 it's the 29th 29th foot blue and white mako cuddy cabin vessel with 20 on board last publicly seen departure on december 28th so a whole freaking boat with 20 people goes into the bermuda triangle and never comes back yeah that was last year this year last year not even a year ago no so also, I bet you the light, the lighthouse on land is haunted because it says incidents on land is 1969 at the Great Isaac Lighthouse. Two keepers disappeared. So I don't know. It's it's probably haunted, but I was reading at like possible theory, like myth busters. Okay. And here's a couple. One such explanation is methane hydrates that are highly inflammable crystal-like compounds that can get trapped below the ocean floor. This is like to describe like what the pure, the trying crystal pyramids could be. So they're trying to describe crystal under the water. Got it. A geological phenomenon that is hypothetically possible. And if methane gas erupts from such hydrates, it lowers the density of water and a buoyancy can be seen, can easily sink a ship. So it's like if the bubble bursts. Right. And then it boops. And then the methane gases come up and sink a ship. Well, that might be a remote and hypothetical possibility. It's never been seen or known to have ever happened in or anywhere near the Bermuda Triangle. Amazing. (laughs) Here's another one. (laughs) Another theory is the compass variation. It was said that the Bermuda Triangle is is one place where compasses point to the true north and the captains failed to make the necessary adjustments. The fact is a compass always points to the magnetic north and not just the true north i.e. the geographic North Pole. There are a few points on the Earth 
surface, such as a narrow channel in Bermuda triangle, triangle where this difference becomes zero, and that it is when they appear to be on a straight line to a ship, okay. unless the compass variation is adjusted by the captain. So I, I don't really understand what they're saying. Like that maybe that their compass was just got messed up and led them in the wrong direction. Right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. The ship could land up to miles away from its targeted destination. But the assumption that why some, some captains might not have done this, like might not have seen the compass and made the adjustments necessary is never answered. Even in the early days, all captains are well-trained and experienced in preparing the navigation charts, taking into account the compass variation yeah. as a matter of routine practice. So they're like, why the hell wouldn't they do that? They're all trained to do that. And they're trained to take into account the compass variation. Right. Well, it's, and there's it's also sort of to be said that it too, from what I have heard that like, it's the same with um, planes specifically like the old school planes and like those like 40s, 50s, 60s planes. Uh huh. So like the compass in those planes will like toggle and like lead them off track. And then they do eventually run out of gas because they get like confused and discombobulated and like not, they don't know where they're going anymore. And then they do run out of fuel and then they're, they're no wow. to be found again. Amelia Earhart. Yeah. Wow. There's also the theory proposed about some electronic fog that would appear from nowhere and engulf the ship or a plane and finally causing it to disappear. I think that's funny. Electronic fog. That's like some Disney shit to me. Yeah. Another theory that became quite popular was about the Sarasota Sea, where nature's law apparently seemed to be different and unusual. Sarasota Sea, wait, Saragasso Sea is an area in the North Atlantic bound by ocean currents in all sides. Ooh, the exceptionally calm sea still winds along with the vast dense seaweeds that flow on the water's surface here would have strained many sailing ships in the early days. Although several derelicts were found here, in modern days, any ships can be can easily stream through the water. So it doesn't, you know, explain the last hundred years mm. of shipwrecks. Yeah. So anyway, I just thought this was interesting. Like they're trying to disprove all this, but Still, the Bermuda Triangle widely is a mystery. Yeah. And all of the facts have been kind of myth-busted instead of the, the mystery hasn't been myth-busted. Right, exactly. Did I say that backwards? I mean, I get what you're saying. Yeah, so, like, instead of disproving the mystery, we've disproved the theories of exactly. what the explanations could be. Exactly. And so with her saying that there's the crystal pyramids, how does this relate to her story? Oh, her actual story? Yeah. Well, this was like her second story where she just wanted to note it, but her real story actually has to do with a granny, a scare. Like, oh, it's, it has nothing to do with pyramids. <laughs> it's about a grandma. So let's just say that. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to ruin anything for you guys because. I really want her to resubmit her story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a good one. So maybe by next month we'll have it. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it just got me thinking about like 
man, I want to be an archaeologist and just study. Well, I don't know. I want to do all of it. I want to be an archaeologist. I want to study aliens. I want to study. There's also, you can also study the theory of ghosts too. And I would love to do that. That would be crazy. I know. I want to be a doctor of all things, (laughs) including pyramids. Kill my, I literally am so disappointed in myself. I traveled all the way to the Middle East. I got all the way to the pyramid. I was one mile away from Cairo, Egypt. No. I was at the place. We, it was so hot. And like, they gave us an option that day. They were like, you could go see the pyramids in Cairo. Yeah. Or you can float in the Dead Sea. Oh. And I was like, I am so tired and hot. I'm going to float in the Dead Sea. So I did decide to float in the Dead Sea that day instead of go. And to this day, I'm like, Why? Why did I not go see those pyramids? I'm an yeah, idiot. I know. But you know what? Floating in the Dead Sea was pretty darn cool too. I was going to say though, like they're both like really cool experiences. Yeah, it was cool. So my experience, was, I don't know what I'm complaining about. Shut me up. <laughs> Should I go? Mm-hmm. Okay. So this one is called Most Terrifying Seven Months. And this comes <laughs> from Ellie. Okay. So it says, about 10 years ago, I moved into a house. My husband worked nights, so it was just my four-year-old and me at home most nights. The second day... That's a good story. It it gets interesting. Okay. (laughs) The second day we were there, my husband built our bed. I fell asleep alone and woke up in the middle of the night to my bed being violently shaken. As I'm laying there, afraid to move, I notice the handles on my dressers are flapping up and down. Oh, my. I was afraid for my daughter, who was in the next room, so I jumped out of bed and ran into her room, but she was sound asleep. I was too afraid to sleep alone in that room, so I had my husband pull our mattress into my daughter's room so I could sleep there. In between that first incident and the last, several unexplainable things happened. Ceiling fans would rotate one way and then stop and rotate the other way. My dogs would start aggressively barking at the corner of the living room. Things would go missing and then show up in plain sight. We would smell weird smells like old lady perfume or strong smell of popcorn where the kitchen would have been in the 1700s. I would hear footsteps in the attic One night, I heard a TV turn on in the spare bedroom. I go to check it out, and the TV is turning on and off. And then I saw a ball of light bouncing around the room. (sighs) One night, I had two friends over. We were sitting in the living room, uh, talking while my daughter played with a little uh, people farm animal set. She had a sheep in her hand and set it down in the middle of the table. As she's walking over to us, the sheep flies off the table and slams into the wall. I begged my friends not to leave as I was terrified to be alone. (laughs) The night before, I decided I couldn't take it anymore. My husband was off to work and we had fallen asleep watching TV. He had woken me up around 2 a.m. and told me he was going to eat a bowl of cereal. I went up to my daughter's room where I felt the safest and still had my mattress on the floor As soon as I close my eyes, I hear what sounded like her TV crashing to the floor. Oh my God. She had a lamp in her room and that had a floor button. So I was able to turn on her light super fast. When I turned around, 
I saw her closet door flying open so hard it hit the wall. Oh, that's some poltergeist shit. Yeah. My daughter woke up and we are both screaming. I left the next day and I couldn't even go back in the house to pack anything up. I had to break my lease. I told my landlord what happened and it seemed like she already knew what was going on. She proceeded to tell me that any house can be haunted, new or old, and described how she couldn't keep a babysitter in her newly built house because it was so haunted. This house was not my first paranormal experience or my last, but it was definitely the scariest of my life. Okay, why do I feel like it's the landlord bringing that shit? I agree. Right? that That was like the most interesting piece too, was like, well, what's attached to you, Miss Landlord Lady? She's like, oh, it's normal. Don't worry. Yeah. New and old houses. Like, no, girl, it's just you when you move into your own houses. How about we call some, like, priest in here first and you don't make it so normal for everyone to be haunted? Right? Wow. It's normal. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Thank you, Ellie. That was amazing. But that was also some poster guy shit. I'm glad you broke your lease. Yeah, get out of there. No, thank I had, you. I had a boss who was in a lease and every day she'd come to work and I was like, what? Ghost story, tell me, tell me. And she was so paranoid. She was so terrified. In fact, Kelly, I think you and yeah, I worked. Together. We talked about her. Yeah, that um, she would not even repeat the stories to me, but I knew it was real because she paid four grand to break her lease and get the fuck out of there. She, she told me a little bit, but she wouldn't tell me the worst of it because she just felt like talking about it was drumming up energy for it, which yeah. probably is true, but here I am having a podcast, so. Exactly. <laughs> I don't care. We should be the most haunted, <laughs> but like, thankfully, knock on wood, we're not. I'm not, I haven't been haunted in a while. Are you haunted? No, I haven't been haunted in a while. I always think I'm going to be. I always think like a foot's going to grab me Oof. when I go pee at night. A foot's going to grab you? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> with the toes. No, a hand's going to grab me. <laughs> I think a foot's going to grab me. Yeah. That was the best. Yeah, no, I think a hand's going to grab me from beneath the bed or like from the side of the bed when I'm, it's summertime and I always like to sleep with one leg kicked out of the covers. Oh, yeah. But then sometimes I'm like dripping sweat and I like refuse because I'm so scared. I know. Why do we think these things and like they never happen? Because <laughs> it has happened to me before. Stop. Like as a kid, this this was well, some real shit. All right. As a kid, yeah. I like, yeah, but sense. it's been a long time. Like as an adult, there was only one instance at my current house that was very strange. And it was me like sitting on our my sofa table. My cell phone was behind me on the sofa table. Set it there right in the middle. Sturdy. Should not have been knocked at all literally laying there for like an hour and my cell phone just flies off the table and like smashes on the floor i oh, wasn't yeah. moving nobody moved anything it scared the shit out of me yeah that's that was weird gnarly oh like six years ago in this house maybe seven well every seven years <laughs> we need a purging year jubilee for demons oh good oh good <laughs> <laughs> Ellie, that story was amazing. Tell your last story. All right. So this one's a little long, but it's probably my best one here. Well, they're all amazing. This one's from Shelby. And are you ready for the name of it? She calls it 
Horror yeah. film, but real life. <laughs> Love it. Mm. Hold on. I got to get some wine for this one. Hi, girls. I'm so happy to be able to share my story here on your podcast. Um, and I write this in hopes that one day you'll share this on air because, frankly, it's mind fuckery. Well, Shelby, we're, right, we're reading it on air. So thank you. <laughs> Thanks for your story. Yeah, thank you. I live in Billings, Montana, near Yellowstone, which is kind of a bigger city compared to the rest of the towns. I discovered your podcast by accident one day while clicking through some paranormal accounts on Instagram one night, late at work, out of pure desperation to find some new listening material. So yeah, I'm here to tell my tale. Yes. Thank you. Love it. Yes. Thank you. We're ready. I'm settling. I got my wine. I'm in glass number two. But my glasses are like two glasses each. So is this glass three or four? Okay. Yeah, you're doing like full on bicep curls. <laughs> my story happened in the summer between high school and college a few years back. I was working at a local deli at a, as a morning prepper where I had to arrive at work at the horrible hour of 5 a.m. in order to prepare for opening. It was early and I caught sight of my coworker, friend, Lara, Laura, whose parents owned the deli. We were only there, we were the only two there at that hour. Without looking at her, I shot her a cheery good morning and asked her how, how her evening was the night before. Filling the coffee pot with water, I heard silence. I looked over at Laura and she was standing over by the employee purses and lockers, visibly upset. I walked over to her and I asked her if she was okay. Laura was wearing a cute plaid miniskirt that looked like it belonged to sexy schoolgirl costume, but it looked adorable on her. She looked exhausted and teary-eyed, and she lifted up the corner of her skirt to reveal three enormous deep gouges in her thigh. Oh my god. Like a claw had taken chunks out of her skin. Shocked, I yelled and said, what the hell did you do? Which I think upset her more, and it's true. I don't handle intense situations very well. She proceeded to tell me that the night before she had a nightmare that she was being attacked by a giant demonic cat. Now, I'm not sure if this was a night terror or what this chalked up to be, but Laura awoke from her dream standing in the middle of the road in her <gasps> nightgown with a butcher knife in her hand and her blood dripping down her legs. No. I wasn't even sure how to console her. I wasn't even sure what to think. But my immediate reaction was to think she had spooked herself in her sleep enough to run down to the kitchen, grab a knife, cut her leg, and then run in the road while still sleeping or being in some type of traumatic state before she woke herself up in a panic. The thought did cross my mind in that moment, though, that the cuts didn't look like a knife. It truly looked like some type of claw form. After all, there were three of them. It looked like a claw of some type, which had the mechanism to shred skin. Wow. All this to say that Laura was terrified. She refused to stay at her home alone in the following nights. Eventually, her mom and my boss called me into the office and asked me to stay the night at Laura's home with her. Because apparently, she had been staying at her mom's house this whole time. And it was quickly approaching a one-month mark. Reluctantly, I agreed and called Sarah and our... Or, Laura and our other friend over to, um, who worked with us, and let's just call her Jamie, <laughs> in order to set plans to have a sleepover at Laura's house that night. The goal was to 
to let Laura have fun, relax, and forget what had happened the month before. Right. So there we were, watching a movie from Laura's bedroom. Laura sitting on the floor in front of us, and us, me and Jamie, on the bed perched behind her. All three of us having view of the bedroom door, which cracked that which was cracked open to the left of us. The movie went on and we stuffed ourselves with popcorn and wine. And when I caught Jamie's eye, she looked terrified. Clearly, she didn't want to alarm Laura. Clearly, she didn't want Laura to see her talking to me, which was easy to do since Laura was sitting in front of us on the carpet while we were on the bed behind her. She was motioning at me, something I couldn't discern. And eventually I gave up trying to understand her and went back to watching the movie. A few minutes later, something caught my eye in the doorway. I casually glanced over to it and there was a cat lingering in the hallway, staring at us as if it wanted to come in the room, but couldn't. I didn't think anything of it at that point And I didn't notice its strange appearance. I casually said, Hey, Laura, I thought you got rid of your cat when you moved in here to which Laura replied nonchalantly. I did. And that's when it hit me. My glance shot back over to Jamie, who was giving me a knowing look silently with her eye. Oh that's my what God. she was trying to tell me. Quickly, I looked back at the cat standing in the doorway, which now I realize Laura couldn't see. She couldn't see the cat. The cat was much larger than your normal domestic house cat. It was white. It had red eyes. And it, was all, and it crawled almost like a spider. Oh, God. It wasn't crawling. It was just standing there, staring us down in this evil, disgusting gaze. Nope, nope, nope. Fuck that. You know what, girls? I just realized I have some stuff to do at home. And I quickly grabbed my purse and I shot for the door while Jamie trailed behind me, begging me to stay. Laura didn't seem to mind my exit and gazed and her gaze fixed on the movie. Goal achieved. She was relaxed. She was oblivious. I was a bad friend leaving Jamie there, but honestly, Jamie was crazy for staying. And I can't help but to think <laughs> Laura's dream was actual reality and her night terrors were actually true. I asked Jamie how the rest of the night went at work the next day. And she said she locked the door for the rest of the night and the cat was scratching at the door all night. And Laura never heard the scratching. No. Love, Shelby. Oh my God, that just gave me chills. I know. So let's just break this shit down. They have a friend who, first of all, imagine waking up, coming to consciousness, standing in the middle of the road, wearing a nightgown, yeah, holding a butcher knife, blood dripping down your leg, and oh it's the God. middle of the night. I think it's interesting that your first thought is to say she definitely cut herself with the knife. Obvious. Yeah. But the way that Shelby's explaining this is that like, it looks like claw marks or that's that look yeah. of being clawed at versus cut with a knife. Exactly. Shredding well, of skin. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say like a knife is more, I don't know, precise, less messy, or, I mean, I guess it could be, but like a scratch, um, or like the straight line of fingers yeah. versus like a straight line of like a blade. A bl- yeah. It's like different. Fine blade. And like, 
gouges. She says it looked like they were so deep, like chunks were taken out of her skin. First of all, I can't believe she didn't go to the hospital. Second of all, like, what does this poor girl's leg look like now? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure she has scars. We'd like to know, Laura. And, and like, I know that night terrors are a real thing. This happens yeah. to a lot of people. Yeah. But when they cross the line of reality where it's, I don't know, like, either physically causing you to hurt yourself or actually doing it, I really think that this animal is actually doing it to her. I've heard many stories where demonic presences can actually leave physical marks on a human. Oh, yeah. Like, this is normal. And I think it's wild that, like, she she's basically, like, oblivious until she's not, right? Like, until she's yeah. being attacked in theory or, like, while she's sleeping and, like, most vulnerable. I think it's wild that she doesn't, like, see or is bothered or hear any of the other things that, like, the other two people did right yeah it's just kind of crazy but I also think that trauma has a really interesting way of blocking memory or things that you're too afraid to revisit interesting and so yeah. her brain could just be like nope and just turning it off like too traumatized wow that's yeah that's true i'm like i feel that the spirit world has its ways of revealing itself to you yep like sometimes you see it sometimes you don't right and you know like she also mentions that the cat didn't want to come into the room but it was clearly in her room a month ago and that's what's so interesting is like okay so demon cat can't now cross the barrier of the door but is scratching at it all night and like doesn't cross the barrier while the door's cracked that the other people see but I wonder if that has to do with the other people or if like that's exactly my thought that all of a sudden there's these two human beings or you know we have spirits in us yeah and we're in that room that's the difference between a month before that right so that's yeah it's like when when you're in the room like that and your presence is showing it can be maybe less vulnerable or like more positive you know like there has to be some sort of significance between that yeah like for some reason because they were in the room it couldn't come in that time yeah that's interesting yeah that's my thoughts too crazy i know really good though <sighs> well shelby that gave us something to think about ah, I love sure that. did thank you so much for sharing okay so my last story is called my house is haunted as fuck <laughs> and this comes from zachary um haunted house story and the Especially town in season yeah, exactly. And the town that he mentions in this is Arlie. So Arlie. Just Arlie was all the information that I got. Google this. Where's Arlie? A-R-L-Y. A-R-L-E-Y. Where is Arlie? Alabama. In Alabama. Here we go. Woohoo. Okay. okay. 
So he says, I'm a 15 year old teenager. Shit is great. I live with my parents and my brother. I'm far from a believer in the paranormal, which isn't really the desired opening to a ghost story, but we move on. I love it. So despite not being a believer, I always felt my house had some sort of entity inside of it. It's been here since the Victorian area era and originally was a shady whorehouse owned by an even shadier businessman. Wow. My family is in no way related to the shady businessman. We are Zimbabweans. Um, no way. And to cut the meat in 1809, seven people were found strung up in a basement that no longer exists. A seance was performed in that same basement to communicate with the spirits of the dead. The whorehouse businessman died in the room that I now live in. Oh my God. In 1811, the house was owned by a surgeon who was famously pretty bad. Parentheses, my town has a bar named after him. <laughs> what? The what house a bar was named ab- after me. Right? The house was abandoned until 1847 when the now garden was used to dispose of disease victims. And at the top of all of that, six babies have died in here from various causes, not excluding dog attack and surgery mishap. On to the experience of living here. Most notably, I once stepped out of my room into the corridor to see a large flame uh, flaming cross in front of the mirror. It was there for about a half a second. Wow. Any visitors who come here feel really cold at night and feel scratching on their backs. What? Women with pregnancy-related trauma feel incredibly uncomfortable and nauseous walking through the kitchen. Friends of mine who've stayed over no longer friends of mine jokes but there are at least two who won't enter my room wow often people see floating limbs poking out from behind doors or entrances people have hellish nightmares constant tapping and scratching on the walls doors slam shut i recall being stared at by an entity from the corner of my room My brother has woken up with long, deep scratches on his face and hands. It's like Laura. Mm -hmm. My father refuses to talk about what what he saw in one of our lofts. My mother is terrorized by voices whenever she sees home alone. Oh, sorry. Not whenever she sees. Whenever whenever she's home alone. (laughs) Lights flicker when you approach them. Once you pass them, you feel helpless and incredibly cold. Wow. Non-sleepwalkers sleepwalk. Posters and signs are ripped off walls. I had my hand grabbed with immense pressure. And when I reached into the cupboard for, when I reached into the cupboard for a drink, footsteps come up the stairs, dishes have faces on them, clothes get ruined, hats get stolen and never returned. People occasionally get flung around. Wow. Food spoils in minutes sometimes. It's kind of shitty. We moved away from that house two years ago. So, yeah. Sorry. Oh, my God. That gave me goosebumps. Wild. Like, and in my opinion, like, kind of said so casually just because of, like, how gnarly it was 
it probably was on like a constant basis. Like you're just listing things like casually, like, oh yeah, this just happens in our house. Like no big deal. But like, obviously they're scared and like, it is a big deal, but like, oh yeah, this happens. Oh yeah. You thought this was bad. This happens. No, he has like such a long list of very specific faces and dishes. People occasionally get flung around. (laughs) Is this a joke? Seriously, that's amazing. Wild, right? That's a wild ride. He wasn't joking about his house being haunted as fuck. No, no freaking joke. Okay, but let's talk about the history of that house. A brothel house in what era? The 1800s? Yes. Like how many possible terrible things can happen? Seven people one, strung up? Like what does that mean? Land. Like seven people were like hung from the ceiling of the basement. Holy, hold on. I'm going to look up ghosts and where were we? Arley. A-R-L-E-Y Alabama. Oh, crazy yeah arlie has a lot of ghost sightings guys i just did a simple google search arlie is on the map wonder what kind of dark shit happened there alabama huh i mean in the 1800s like that's still full-on like slavery and all of that and like obviously like way less controlled when it comes to prostitution and like business practices like all of these things that he's describing are like yeah wow awful yeah small town of arley alabama has a long and strong dark history located in the heart of alabama early settlers in the area so it's a a settle settlers town i mean it makes sense for like the type of history i guess wow crazy right i was just yeah yep guys it's on the map for ghosts maybe we need to take a trip over there go visit oh zach hey oh zach God. what up <laughs> <laughs> want to see your crazy house man oh no they don't he doesn't live there anymore huh no mm-hmm. yeah oh, alabama apparently has a lot of haunted places maybe we should just meet over there kelly i'll meet you in alabama oh god all right well and there's enough like... haunted places here in Orange County to be sure. Yeah. <laughs> Want to go visit the haunted mission. So I love this time of year. It's my favorite. Me too. But except for spiders. Oof. Yeah. So that was our well, story. That was a wild ride. Wild. Those were great stories. Yeah. Ah! I Fantastic. love them. Fantastic. Um, fantastic everybody good job good job good job team of six people submitting stories thank you so much for submitting them and allowing us to use your stories and we we are so excited to obviously do this we want to do it more as we've described so if you do have any stories that you would like to send us you can send them to your bewitched stories at gmail.com you can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, yep. or SoundCloud. Yeah. And please give us five stars because yes, please review. It's like a domino. You give us five stars, 
we get more listeners. More listeners support more stories. More stories means more episodes. Exactly. And then oh. we're also on the Instagrams uh, as Bitches Bewitched. So we've got our cute, adorable little picture we got. Yeah. Give us a little follow. That yeah. uh, the Instagram is a little bit where you'll find a little bit more levity. <laughs> we like to have a little bit more fun with the paranormal because obviously this shit can get a little heavy as we've uh i mean what's learned? heavier than dark spirits and ghosts we gotta add some comedy to this shit to lighten exactly. it up i mean it's not I, I, it, it, balance life is about balance life is about balance so. agreed so that's you what know, we try to bring and we are thankful for you guys listening and we'll catch you next time I guess we'll catch you next time. But when we catch you next time, guess what month it's going to be? September. And it's going to be that much closer. I think that we should begin spooky season now. Early? I'm in the mood. I love it. We're going to get on top of it. Fucky. (laughs) Okay. Thank you for listening. Okay. Bye, guys. Love you. Talk to you later.